0: Jacob, I have a question for you. You are now a principal. You are no longer doing lesson plans. I envy you. (laughs) What do you remember about how you did your lesson plans? Or do you even do you do anything like lesson plans anymore?
1: No, I set agendas for myself now. So I look at my so I try to do it before I leave. Most often it's like in bed at night before I go to sleep. But I said, uh, I look at my schedule for the next day, my meetings, So my ARDS and 504s or teacher meetings or whatever I have, T-test observations. And then, um, I look and then I add to that list. So I, (laughs) I, I, cause all the things that aren't scheduled. So like, I I knew I had to get to two investigations today. I had to follow up with a parent on top of doing discipline and everything else that crops up during the day. So uh, that is how – that's my lesson plans these days. But the way I did do lesson plans when I was writing them was um, I would – so like in a perfect world, generally I would spend Sunday – planning kind of the outline of what I wanted to do. And I would try to find as many pieces as possible. I wouldn't find, cause you know, like I would, I, it's pretty well documented on this show. My, like a lot of the pieces I would use for many lessons were short excerpts or they weren't very long. And so um, I would try to find those early and I would kind of set them out and be like, okay, I could use these five for this week. But whenever, what inevitably, inevitably happen is by the time I hit Wednesday, Um, I would have a better idea or even Monday morning, as you saw several times as I'd be like, "Ah, I changed my (laughs) mind. And I just start lesson planning again and do it all. And I would flip what I was doing based on what I was going to do. Um, and so I'd walk in, but the general me changing like pieces I would do was the easy part. The part that I would plan is like, what types of questions do I need to ask? Um, what? what do I need to do to kind of drive here? If it was later in the year, if I knew my students, it would be, what am I seeing that I need to really start honing in this week? And then that's how it would go. So I really wouldn't write out lesson plans. I've written out lesson plans. I don't think it's particularly valuable necessarily. Um, I could see value in it. I mean, honestly, lesson plans are kind of personal. I think where, Honestly, uh, the last like few years of what I would do is if I was really trying to plan something out is I would literally have my craft book out and I would write out the mini lesson, the way I would do it with kids is I would sit there, I'd put the passage there and I would just go, okay, so this is the standard, just like I would with the kids. I would read the passage and I would point out things that I would notice. And I would just almost jot down like a cheat sheet for myself and sometimes I would use that cheat sheet while I taught, and sometimes I wouldn't. It just helped to have it in the back of my brain. And that's how it just worked. That that was my lesson planning. And the the hardest part was getting past, like, it's almost like staring at the blank page as a writer. And you know this, Ochoa. You're a writer. You stare at the blank page, and you're like, <laughs> what am I doing? What am I going to put here? Um, and that's what my lesson plans were like, As I would honestly, like, sit there for an hour, sometimes more, if I wasn't feeling very creative. And I would go, what am I going to do? And then I would honestly like try to search for stuff. And the moment I find something that's interesting, I would start building off of that. So if I showed like a slam poem on Monday, then Tuesday would be not a slam poem, but it'd be something that's related to that poem in some way, whether it was an article or a story or something. And then by Wednesday, I really want to go deep into that. And then Thursday will be some type of, question, some type of kind of review and then maybe Friday a check or maybe some type of wrap up for that. I almost like create like these these mini short units, so to speak. But that that's how I would lesson plan. And it was craft and draft made it so much easier because I knew the kind of the format of my class. It never really changed. So following just our journal stuff and the way I use it, and I know it's different the way you use it, but the way I did it was just every day, they came in. They wrote the standard down. We read the passage. We broke it down. We answered questions. We responded. Boom, done. Off to reading. Off to writing. Um, and once I had that, it was it was pretty simple. I mean, I don't I don't think I really. I had a few years early on where I really stressed out about lesson plans, and I, I remember my first year, I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, I don't even know how to, I don't even know how to gauge uh, time, and so. I had to kind of get used to that but I don't know. That I felt like that was really rambly. This is the end of the day today. So I've had, <laughs> I've had I've had a busy day, but that was that that's my answer. I don't know.
0: Okay, well. With that, welcome everybody to Craft and Draft. Uh there's a purpose behind my question. I think it's a be- because uh, it's on my mind, and we might even discuss it a little bit deeper on lesson plans. It might be on your mind, too, but Jacob, take it, Take us forward into this podcast.
1: Yes, well, welcome, everyone, to another episode of Craft & Draft. We are here to talk about Reading Ray Workshop, what we love, what we do, our passion in and outside of the classroom. Today, we're going to really jump into... Uh, How to organize everything that goes into a lesson plan So how to think through a lesson plan How to prepare for stuff And maybe a couple things in between We'll see what happens But, you know, the one thing that's special about this podcast Is that it exists because of you And the people that support us over there on Patreon Just like you can People that support us on Patreon get access to bonus episodes No one else hears bonus training Access and discounts to trainings that we've done And future trainings coming up and so much more and our supporters are in order we have Andrea, Tracy, Susan, Natalie, Lori, Destiny, Melissa, Carol, Courtney, Rebecca, Amy, Mark, Leah, Brandy, and Alicia all support us over there so if you want to join that get extra content and just be a part of a community of like-minded workshop focused educators then go do that you can find that link at craftandraftworkshop.com and come hang out with us and make it all worthwhile but ladies and gentlemen let's get to the conversation all righty miss ochoa lesson plans why is this on your mind what's going on it's like oh you actually have to goodness. lesson plan
0: i have to lesson plan <laughs> i mean i've always lesson plans some but like it's more like you like more personal but there have been some made, you know we had a new superintendent last year and uh, I think now, last year was an observation year, and then this year, you know, I think they're putting in some things in place. And they're bringing back some old things that we used to do. I don't know if you remember the, um, when, I guess when Google Sheets came about, you know, everybody was all about all this new stuff. And so, um a person that's not even in our district anymore came up with the idea of let's do these on google sheets and it forms it's it's beyond what i understand i don't know how to you do drop down menus and do all this stuff with it but apparently uh that is back so uh so then not only that some other stuff that they're bringing back or stuff that they're like kind of overlooked they've they've gone back into All the things we used to have to do. So they brought in our, you know, some mandates on what they want in workshop and how they want it to look and when to do things. And so, um, you know me, I like my freedom. So now I'm like, okay, if I'm going to get all this done and they want it done every day and they want everything to be five to seven minutes, how do I make this a work you know, how do I do this? So, and I'm sure I'm not the only one in the world who is wondering, how do I get all this done in my little workshop time? So, and I have a bigger workshop time than some, but mm-hmm. at the same time, there's so many requirements. Plus, you know, we have to have, um, you know, the state mandated um you know, that, instru- advanced, uh, whatever, accelerated instruction that we have mm-hmm. to do. So when do you get that in? And then when do you get all this other stuff in? Then you have to do this reading, and you're already starting your schedule, and now they're saying, change it. Do I really want to change it? I don't know. These are things, how, how serious are they on this? So, you know, I mean, I like my district. I've been there for 30-something years. So you know I'm not against anything, and I do comply, or I wouldn't have been there for so long. So it's <laughs> not like I don't comply. I'm just trying to figure it out. So and I'm not mad at anybody. I'm just trying to figure it out. And I'm th- and I thought, well, if that's how I'm feeling, maybe at this point in time that's how some other people are feeling. So maybe you might want to discuss it today. What's your thought?
1: I don't know. You know what's so funny is I because I, I I so I sat in a PLC today where the teachers hmm. are great. They're doing amazing things. Um, but even them, like they were kind of feeling like, oh my God, like how do we get this in? You know, they had the comment of, I don't even know how we're going to get another test then. You know, the same things that we've all said. I mean, we've I, you and I have said that a thousand times of looking at the mm-hmm. schedule going, I have no idea when we're going to test again, but we got to have one. Right. Um, and so it's it's so funny to kind of see those comments kind of go off. And I, you know, as an admin, I feel like I get uh, one of the more fun aspects of my job is I get to kind of step in and go like today, like they were planning, they were, they were talking about doing one thing, and they were like, well, you know, it's because we're in a weird spot in our district to where we just got a new curriculum person, much like yours. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, the curriculum really hasn't been revamped, and she's kind of feeling things out. I think she's very intelligent and awesome, um, but, she, you know, she's feeling things out, and she's kind of seeing what works and what doesn't work, but there hasn't been a lot of change. So there's stuff in the curriculum. That doesn't really make sense anymore with the way mm-hmm. the test has changed and the way, just uh, the 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 way that we're going has changed. And so, you know, they were mildly frustrated because the next thing that they technically have to do uh, is isn't really connected to anything. But it was, and I'm talking about like the task. But the standard, mm-hmm. the standard was like the the standard that they were trying to tackle is. And so I was like, well. Let's alter it. I was like, who? I was like, as long as we're still doing the same content, let's just change it. Why do something that's going to be useless? Because it's just going to make you hit your life. It's going to, it's going to be frustrating. <laughs> and so I, I get to play that role these days, right? I used to do that as the DC and just ask for apology or say sorry if anyone got mad at me from the up and up. And now I just get to go. No, let's do it. Why are we? Why are we wasting time on something that we don't see as valuable? Um, we're still within the curriculum. We're just altering this one thing that doesn't really make sense of what we're trying to do. So uh, that is kind of where I go. But that ultimate question, which I think might help us talk through this today, is, is going back to, okay, you look at everything you have to do, right? You have to do these things to keep your job, to make sure people... Are You know, they're happy with everything that you're doing and also, you know, just trusting the process and saying, okay, they want us to do this. Maybe there's a reason. Maybe we should do this as well as possible. You look at your time and you look at the class and you go, what are the ways that I can fit this in that makes sense with the, the the overall goal of what this class is and what my students need? I will stand... I, I've said this a thousand times. I believe the right people understand that what happens in each classroom can never be the same because kids are different. Teachers teach at a different pace. So it'll we can be within the same ballpark, but it, it'll never look exactly the same. And I think that there's people that don't accept that, and I think those people don't frankly know what they're talking about in these instances. <laughs> but I believe that the people, you know, I know the people that are that are on your side and I know the people that are on my side. And I think the people that are really in here, I think they, they understand that. They understand that there's nuance and there's all of these things. So it really comes down to the teacher going, okay, I know they said five minutes fire, five minutes here, five minutes here, but what does that look like in a workshop format? How do I how do I not break this up? Because I imagine that's where your mind is and you can correct me if I'm wrong. You know, I imagine you're, you you, you, your workshop flows. You're, you're not afraid of really kind of breaking, like the the rhythm of stuff in terms of if you don't finish something you're like oh well we'll just catch up on that the next right. day that is very much how ochoa runs with her life but that's hard to do when you have you have to do this for 5 minutes you have to do this for 10 minutes you have to do this mm-hmm. for this long it's, i mean is that what you're struggling with
0: well i think so and i mean um uh, yeah i mean that's that's literally how it re- well okay that's how it's presented but when you actually get into it and you really study workshop, it's not necessarily how workshop works. So right. they want workshop, but then they have all these extraneous. And I and I'm, I know we're not, maybe it's like what you're talking about. It's something that came from long ago. As a matter of fact, one of the things we have to do with vocabulary, which you were there, so you understand what I'm talking about. But that vocabulary was actually put in place before these standards years ago by two people that aren't even there anymore yeah and and it's like a long time ago so this is a residual thing that keeps coming up and we're like you we have a new person and so they look at this and go oh well we better be doing everything because that person's got to keep their job too so there's nothing you know so I don't know. I just find it interesting because this is like my 30th year and things just keep coming back, coming back. And so this is stuff that came. What we're having to do today is stuff that we actually started, I would say, maybe eight years ago before these standards even came out. These were with the other standards, if I recall. Yeah. So, but this particular vocabulary only hits one standard. There are three vocabulary standards that we have in the state of Texas. There's three different ones on how we approach um uh, the st- approach vocabulary. And only one aspect is like Greek and Latin roots, but we have dictionary work and then we have context, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And con- you know, all the connotation and all that stuff. So, that there's three, um, three standards there, but the requirement is really only meeting one standard. So when I'm looking at that, I'm thinking, well, I don't know if, you know. So do I? Do I buck? This? So th- these are decisions. Do I do what's right, or do I do? And what I mean, what's right. And that's looking at it two ways too, because doing what's right is laying it out exactly like it was told to me, mm-hmm. presented to me. Mm-hmm. Or do I go and really search, our, you know, workshop, because that's what they're modeling, and I look at my standards and I make sure that I fit in all three standards, not just that one standard. And so, and if I do that, like vocabulary, I believe that vocabulary, and I think research shows that if it, and we've talked about it the other day, a few while, I'm not the other day, but a while back in one of our podcasts about how vocabulary needs to be worked within the context. Grammar needs to be worked within the context, but they have these isolated moments of requirements that are saying, no, you got to do it this five minutes. You got to do it this five minutes. And you're like, first of all, i've got students that struggle so if i have students that struggle 5 minutes isn't going to be enough for a for a complex idea like putting different groups of words and stems and all of that together versus grammar and how to how to go about making sure that that what you're doing in grammar really fits into your your writing and do so effectively and do I do it in isolation? Do I not do it in isolation? If I, so I'm having to make some teacher decisions that I'm not sure if that my decisions are going to get me in trouble or not get me in trouble. I know what's right for kids, and that's probably what I'll do because that's what I do. But so I'm trying to work this out. And uh, so anyway, it's kind of interesting when you really start laying out everything that an English and reading teacher has to do in a classroom. It's mm. quite a bit when you deal with language and and what reading and all the stuff that goes with reading all by itself. And then all the stuff that goes with English and then all the separate things that go with it. It's, it's just kind of fascinating uh, to me how much there is. Involved when you lay it out. So today I was forced to lay out everything that, you know, I, I listed it all and went, oh, it's overwhelming. <laughs> so today's my overwhelming day.
1: <laughs> it is. I mean, it, so it's so funny because I, I sympathize in a different way. Like yesterday, I was so overwhelmed with everything I had to do with work that I just went home and it was like, I told my wife, I was like, don't even ask a question. I can't take. I can't take one more thing. I felt a lot better today because I, I tackled some stuff and I, I came up with kind of the game plan. And sometimes that's what you have to do. You just kind of have to face the monster until you realize that the monster is really a rat just being exposed, m- m- embiggened by its shadow. Right? It's like a, <laughs> it's like and, and that I mean and th- that's just the reality of it. But in all honesty, I mean the 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 weight of uh, what a teacher has to do and the amount of mandates and stuff. And I kind of want to – so I want to take this from a a, a – system-wide look real quick because okay, I, th- I think this is beneficial for people because this is stuff I, – I didn't start just thinking about this as it had been, but, like, I thought about it, I, like, as I started working through my master's in administration, as I kind of started seeing behind the scenes for, like, districts and schools and talking to mm-hmm. people who who aren't just concerned with their class, they're concerned with the, with the whole picture and what that looks like. And I know we've had conversations like this, but mm-hmm. the, the – so in a system – if you want something to kind of go, there's there's a couple of ways you can do it. But in general, you say everyone will do this. Everyone will write their standard down on the board. Everyone will do vocabulary for the first five minutes. And you kind of pick and choose and, you know, our district or well used to be our district have been usually like they have those but they've been flexible enough to where you can move them around you can shape them how you want and quite frankly there's probably about five people maybe who even know what they were looking at when they walked into a room so it wasn't even something that was like everyone knew whether it was happening then there or not um but the, the concept's the same. If you want a system-wide change, you have to make system-wide choices. And what happens when people start not doing it is it breaks any data that they have. It's like in a, on a smaller scale, it's like four teachers do the same test. The next teacher is behind, doesn't do the test until next week. Well, they, they had a whole other week. It changes data or they did a different test entirely. Right. And so system-wide that really breaks. And I know the head of curriculum in your district, you know, she is very much about mastery teaching and expert teaching, but she also loves systems. And that's a, that's a hard road to walk because you want to honor the expertise of the educator and the educators in the space. But, If you want to move a system, you have to start making certain decisions. Now, what does that look like from a teacher's perspective? It means some of your power is being taken away to a degree, right? You're being robbed of at least one decision. The fact that you have to do something is taking away a decision, right? True. Um, But you still have the flexibility of what does it look like? How does that come across now? I have never been one to feel limited by any times. I feel like times are suggestions. So when you tell me I have five (laughs) minutes to do something, I'm like, well, maybe like it's, I've, I've always taken that route and I'm very comfortable in that life. And I've, I have, I have yet to be written up in that vein. Um, because of that my kind of disregard for those suggestions but um the idea is the same though it's it's looking at the class and going what do we need today and i truly believe unless you're just in a toxic environment or you're in a district that really wants to clamp down on stuff that if they walk into your space and let's let's just use vocabulary example if you're if you have to do 10 minutes of vocabulary work at the beginning of every lesson. If someone walks into your space and they see vocabulary work being done within context with kids are actually interacting with their, their, they're showing knowledge of words, they're doing all of this, but it's not the exact way that's listed there. I find it extremely hard to believe that anyone would really complain too much, and if they do, and if it becomes like a point of contention that you have to do it this very systematic way, then that would just be a hill I died on. I'd be like, well, it's just not going to happen. Like, unless uh, I don't know. I mean, I suppose there's a, there's a case where I'm just wrong and the other way is better. But you know, Ocho, you're a 35, 34 year teacher. You kind of know what you're doing with words and English and literacy and whatnot. So you're 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 an expert at this. So I, this isn't uh I don't don't think that would happen. But in any case, it's that whole idea of good teaching is good teaching. If kids are learning, you know that they're learning in a classroom. If you have evidence of it, I don't think anyone's going to push back. So the question becomes, what do I need to do? Of course I'm going to do vocabulary work. No English teacher is going to say no vocabulary work. Do I need to do it the way it's being told to me to do it in this specific way? Uh, My answer is no, but... Of course I don't it know. is. <laughs> I just... I mean, and that's... It's funny because the teachers I work with now, a lot of them, you know, they're they're kind of on that path. And I, I guide them through that thinking process. I say, my answer is, do what's best for your students today. And if you have evidence that it's working, then we're all good. But if you're going to take a detour and that detour is so wrong that it's not working, then it's a different conversation, right? There's... And I, I think that mentality, I think, keeps us from it. But, you know, you have to be aware of what's working, what's not. But I, I feel like you could. Mm-hmm. I mean, so in terms of, let's go back to your actual, like the i, the question of how do you fit everything in? Is there like, is there something that's happening? You don't have to be that specific, but if I mean, is there something that's going down now where you're like, I you're looking at the things you have to do and you're like, I don't even know how to squeeze this in.
0: I think so. I think here's what, here's where my problem is at this point in time is I truly have students who struggle. And if I'm to push them do this for five minutes, I'm telling you they they're not able to stay with me and it's not because they're just, Well, what what I have is I have the students that were gone during the, I think, fourth grade year. They missed their fourth grade year. I think they left at third grade and then missed almost the entire fourth grade year. So when you're looking, or it was all online. So I'm looking at students who this, this learning gap is real for them. And because it's real, I'm having to slow down. And go over things and repeat. I know that research has shown, or at least from when I when I had gotten my masters, uh, and we, we took a class on learning and all this stuff as as you do when you're doing education. But I remember or recall one lecture where or a reading that we had to do and they talked about how a student, because I'm I, I my my degrees in Master's is in gifted education, right? So we're having to learn the difference between gifted students and non-gifted students, right? It's probably my differentiation class. So a a student that is just a normal average student, in order to retain, they have to have it repeated in different kinds of ways, that information or content, at least 17 different times, if it's going to be usable. And you tell me how you're going to get that in when you can only do it for five minutes and then tomorrow you have to do another thing for five minutes and then you have to switch gears and go to something else for five minutes. And I know that people are being faced with this because I don't know if that's the exact, you know, I'm going to do what you're saying and I'm going to take it as a suggestion. I really like that. That freed me up a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought if they call <laughs> me on it, I was saying, I thought that was just a suggestion. Mm. I mean, I'm doing word work. I am, but I'm doing it within the context. And this idea that I start every day. At the beginning I mean, I already have my my plan in place. So this particular year, these students and you and I have talked about that routines and not routines, and how often can you change it? Can you not change it? And the one thing that you are right when you have students that are struggling, like we do, and they're they need this. They need to walk into your class and have an expectation, so that that, that just kind of makes them comfortable. Right. So my plan at this point in time, and and here's the thing too. They're there. What I was doing was, you want know, to organize it. I need them to read and I need them to write every day. They have to read and write every day. I am not going to compromise that. Right. No matter what. Mm-hmm. So so when I'm trying to figure out my plan, which I am trying to do, and that way, you know, and comply when I write it all out, Uh, because, you know, they were taking like a list or just my Canvas course, but now they want me to write everything out, which is now slower, but it does make you reflect on what you're doing. And so I am not going to compromise when I'm looking at everything I have to do. I'm not going to compromise on reading and writing. But the thing was, if I if I was, so do you start with reading or do you start with writing? And so these are decisions that you have to make. And here's what was happening to me. I've been starting off with reading. That's what we did last year. We started off with reading, but guess what was happening we were going so slow on my lesson and all of that, and they were asking so many questions. Guess what I wasn't getting to? The writing. So guess what I ended up not doing a few days? The writing. So then I thought, okay, I, I'm going to start with writing because, you know, so guess what? We start with writing. I don't understand what we're doing, miss. So now I'm doing all these conferences. Next thing I know, guess what I'm not getting to? The reading. The reading. So I'm like, okay, how do I, now it's not read and write every day. It's now we got to read and write every week. So now how do I do that? So I've made a change and I did, because we weren't getting to something. So I went Monday and Wednesday, we start with reading and we end with the other. So we'll end with writing. So some days we'll get both. Some days I don't, depending on how slow, you know, slow that they're going. And they're going slow because they don't understand. And I have, well, they underestimated how many kids we would have. They said we would have a small group and we lost teacher units. Well, guess what? They were wrong. And their projected projection. We have more kids. I said
1: they were going to be I wrong. Do
0: you remember know. me having this conversation? Remember that I, I do. Look, I that. dropped I truth, and then I
1: left. I said,
0: "Watch <laughs> out, it's well, going to happen." Anyway, I keep going. So anyway, say. so so no, I have larger classes than I did last year. All right, so these are problems that people around the world have. So that also slows us down because they're large classes with needy students who need a lot of stuff. All right, no problem. So Tuesday, Thursday, I begin with writing. So Monday, Wednesday, we start the day with reading. Tuesday, Thursday, we start the day with writing. And Friday, we start the day with vocabulary to meet the needs of whatever the district wants. So that's what I've been doing. Well, now they're going, we want vocabulary every day. Well, I'm not going to start every day. I'm not changing my routine. Because guess what happened? After I did that, the students, I even have several students that went, Miss Ochoa, I really like this idea of Monday. I like our routine. I mean, they even told me that. And they even used the word routine, which was weird because I didn't use the word routine. (laughs) So they've heard it before. But they go, "I I like what we're doing. I like our schedule. And then after that, I do the mini lesson. And then they do work time. And on the work time, they can choose reading or writing. That runs more like what you're used to doing or finishing whatever we need to do or what have you. And then if we have more time, because we move faster that day, then if we started with writing, we end with reading. If we started with reading, we end with writing. There you have it. Oh, and somewhere in there, we we have to do our grammar. (laughs) And so... (laughs) Because now we have a prescribed grammar thing that we have to do. So, where do you do that? Well, guess what? I have chosen to do that. That's actually before the mini lesson. Mm-hmm. Just saying. So, you get where I'm going. It's see, tough to get it all this in. This
1: is, well, and here's the thing. And, and I, I see this in general, and it's this, oh, it's almost like a, I don't know where I detailed this. Maybe it was in Rightfully Empowered. Maybe it's on a podcast. I don't know. I honestly don't remember where I've talked about this. But I became – my students became more effective and grew more and started reading more deeply and writing more deeply when I started taking crap out. I stopped doing more is essentially what I did. i made the mini lesson was the mini lesson. Like I did a, when I presented out at a district this summer before the school started over Rightfully Empowered, I had a teacher come up to me and they're like, well, when do you do grammar? And I said, well, if grammar is what I'm talking about, that's my mini lesson. That's what I'm doing. I don't do grammar, then a mini lesson, then another activity. That's too many activities for me that that's going to that's a different kind of teaching now i'm not let me back up that's not wrong it's not workshop Okay, there's and we we've been clear about that on this podcast a thousand times. Workshop is what we love and it's what we advocate for because we think the research and the science and everything else supports uh, workshop teaching in English. It is not the only way to teach English, and there's plenty of people who disagree with workshop being the number one. Like there's people out there. Like we're not we're not saying that this is the only way to do it. However, if we're talking workshop activities. That go through so much time in a in a lesson, it becomes it becomes more. It's just it's just it, it's a different. It's form just activities, of yeah. And activities are fine. Like I would do, uh, I had pulled in some of that stuff uh, several times. But if I can't fit it within that mini lesson, within that twenty minutes that I give myself, twenty five maybe if I if I'm very caffeinated, but really twenty minutes. The, I mean, it's just true. If I I got extra, if that caffeine's (laughs) hidden, I I might go a little long, but so that 20 minutes, if it's not going to fit in there, it's not going to happen because when that's done, we read and then we wrote. And now I'm conferencing, and I've I've talked about – I I do talk about Rightfully Empowered that in my writing conferences, that becomes me teaching like another 15 different lessons, right? Because you're Mm – you sit with this kid. Now you're talking about topic. You sit with this kid. You're talking about sentence structure. You sit with this kid. You're talking about word choice. You you know, you – all the way – and that's that's the one thing I'm missing right now is just that energy and the creativity of jumping between all these writing pieces and whatnot. Um, And so all of that is there, but that – I can't attribute that to – so if I split out my time into – like if I tried to do what like some like lesson plans look like, it would be mini lesson at the top, reading in a big box, writing in a big box, and then in conferences, I would have a list of like a thousand different things that could come up because it's just – it is what it is. But if we're doing grammar, I'm not going to do – Okay, be on no rating for 10 minutes. Okay, now come back for this lesson. Okay, now let's do this matching activity or whatever we're doing. Okay, now let's read for a little bit and then maybe write at the end because that's – now you're jumping around so much there's no cohesiveness to this. Right. There's no synergy because it's all so segmented and you can see it. I have seen – I have seen enough classrooms to where that classes that that are very segmented like that, and there's no transfer. The number one thing everyone complains about in upper admin or even teachers, they'll go like, "Why? How come we can do this in one class, but it doesn't transfer to this subject? Or if we talk about a vocabulary word in the morning and they get it, why doesn't it transfer to the next day? You know why it doesn't transfer is because it's all segmented." It's all built into its own little sections of stuff. And so your segment, if you're less, the more segmented the lesson, the more segmented student comprehension is going to be. And I just, I, I eat, live, and breathe that concept. And once I started really thinking of stuff as what flows into what and how it can work, that is where it goes. So if I was, if I was a teacher, in a space that was giving me, that was forcing me to plan in segments, my entire goal would be, how am I going to make this flow? If I'm going to do a vocabulary word at the beginning for whatever reason, or five vocabulary words, if there's, maybe there's a concept, maybe it's the, it's the suffix that we're working on or the prefix or whatever. I would try my hardest to make that word fit in with whatever passage or excerpt we're reading and make it flow in that regard to take their segmentedness and make a flow of it to fit whatever I was trying to do. And if I couldn't make it fit, I'd be like, well, I just thought it was a suggestion. (laughs) Just. I would try, though. Like, I would generally do that and and make it go from piece to piece. Anyway, go ahead.
0: No, I think that's where I'm at is I'm at the I'll try. But, um, But I will tell you, like a lesson I did the other day, where my students are having trouble with character motivation. What makes them motivate? You know, and that's one of our standards is how does character motivate it? And so... As I told you, we start with reading. And when I say I start with reading, their reading is their self-selected book. So they get their self-selected book. And of course, you know me, we went to the library. They get one book of their choice. And then I did ask them all to get fiction because we're studying fiction right now. And so what they did is I put up what character characterization, okay? And so they had to identify their character and they had to figure out why their characters doing what they're doing. So I just asked the question like that. I didn't say motivation and all of that. Okay. And then hang on just a second. Okay. So so we're also reading The Outsiders. So then what we did is we wrote a little, you know, we I did a mini lesson then on characterization and motivation. And then we had to figure out what motivated the character in The Outsiders. Okay, so then the next day I told you we were doing writing, correct? When we start out. So they have already written a story. Uh, they've written several pieces. You saw them the other day. You came to my room the other day. Thank you. And there was quite a bit of writing, right? We there saw that. See,
1: that's the thing. I was just there while looking at actual work, and there was tons.
0: There was tons. And so we've done a lot of writing, and that's because I made it a part of, we start every day, so that way we don't ever miss it. I just I just don't want to miss it. And so I went ahead and decided, if I start that way, and it's all their choice, then I give them a mini lesson, then they go back in, and they either go back into their reading or go back into their writing you know they're already kind of involved so it, it just works for me all right so then uh so the writing they so what I had them do because we've already done all of the pre-writing so now they're actually have selected a piece uh for publishing that they want to work on so and it, right now we're doing stories so they had to they selected a narrative is what they did out of all the pieces because we did elements of narrative and then they selected that. So we did the characterization that first day. So now they're writing. And so what I had them do was they had to go into their story, pull out one of their characters, and then they had to develop their character using what we learned the day before. So they had to, so, and then I read a little excerpt of a character in a book that was another book that was, um, that used all the, this particular author used everything I had mentioned, which was appearance, uh, motivation, um, uh, what other people say about them, uh, attitudes, things like that. And, um, and things that they say their dialogue and so this particular author had used all of those pieces so I read that to him as a model and then they on their because they wrote on the right side of their journal right their draft book so on the left side opposite of that that's where they pulled out that character and then they wrote a paragraph or however long it took to develop that character so now they're doing that so so I am doing several things like you're talking about, but I have found a common thread that ties it all back together to keep it kind of unique. And then we're supposed to do patterns of power from Jeff Anderson, which you know you've interviewed him and there's nothing he has that invitation. Uh and so that's the grammar program that they want us to use. So what I've been doing is pulling out a sentence from it's one of those readings. It's not a program. <laughs> it's not really a program, you're right. But you know what I'm saying. I do, the, I do. But but our RP they think it's a program because he know. wrote a book. But you know it's this invitation to notice. And so uh and you give them model sentences. Just like I did that model paragraph. Mm -hmm. And so, but I've been pulling out sentences of things they're about to read, but that go along with that. So it might be a sentence, if I mentioned dialogue, then this one would have dialogue in it. And then we talk about it. But, and then what's really neat is it's something we're about to read, but they don't know it, but it's kind of something unique. And they're like, what? So in The Outsiders, one of the things we pulled out was I, ne- I never loved anyone more than soda, not even my mom and dad. So I pulled that out. And of course, we're doing capitalization and they have soda capitalized because it's a name, but it messes the kids up because they're thinking the drink soda and that he loves the drink soda more than mom and dad because they're missing the fact that it's capitalized. So before we read that in the two... In the book, that was a That was a, a sentence that we pulled out, and we talked about capitalization and all that. and And they're like, "Well, Soda's not a name." I said, "Well, maybe it is a name." And then when we get to that, we actually got to that sentence when they, we read it, and the kids go, ah, "Soda's a brother." Okay, that makes sense. I was so worried. You can hear they react. So now they're going to remember that, right? So, so I'm trying to keep. So I'm doing what you're saying. So I think I'm on the right track. Just talking to you helps me a little bit because my thinking is I've, I still got to remember where I come from and that and what's right for the kids. And that is to keep everything is find that thread that ties all yeah. of these mm-hmm. disjointed things together and make them all fit. But I'm still doing what the district wants.
1: Exactly. And I he, that to me, and honestly, I think okay. the, I think district people want that. That's what they want. they, segment it because it's really hard not to. Like I I even had this problem doing Rifle Empowered where I was writing through it and I was like I, at a certain point you just have to pick a way to say it because and I think that's why we have this podcast because we we probably just say the same thing every day every week just in different ways and right. it's be, it's because there's so many nuances there's so many ways of, of talking about teaching that's why teaching's awesome is because it really is one of the most dynamic things you can do in life but it's it's taking that thread and finding out ways to do what your district wants what whatever works but also within a framework that that leads to good student growth you know for i mean i just think back to like there was a time where i i was being told that i was wasting time having kids independently read right that that 15 minutes was bad and then later right. it became something that the district did and now everyone kind of moved on to it but we were kind of one of the cutting edge schools and it didn't help that our school was failing at the time so, so they really were like you know not only are you wasting time but you're wasting time at the lowest performing middle school at the time we're not anymore but they you know they had that, that mentality and that was just something I was like you know what the research is here so I worked hard to find a way to thread that independent reading time into it and that's where workshop came from honestly my love of workshop Mm -hmm. came to oh this is the this is because honestly I was missing that piece kids were were reading but there was no connection to anything there really was no response there was no connection to the lesson and then obviously that's where craft and draft came from eventually with you and I collaborating was Mm -hmm. finding those threads and what you said a second ago and go back to it before I forget talk about bringing in those passages that, that kind of reading ahead and seeing what kids would do. I, just, I have two examples of this that I think this is such a great idea, especially if you're being kind of guided by curriculum and, or a lesson design where people want you to do specific things. So Kelly Gallagher talks, I'm pretty sure he talks about it in read aside where he talks about how, uh, you know, he, he still teaches like, well, he doesn't anymore cause he's not in the classroom. He's, he's a, like a mentor or like a, a consultant, so to speak, for that school that he worked at for 30-something years. But he, uh, when he was in the classroom, he advocated. He was like, I'm not saying don't read whole group novels, right? He still did 1984 regularly. He still did... Other books regularly But what he would do is he would have them Like set a reading goal and he would have Sections of that book that he knew he wanted to pull Out so if they needed by Friday If they need to be 50 pages into 1984 He would pick That one section or two sections That they're going to hit on by like Thursday right or Friday whatever it was and so He would have them do the independent reading doing Their own responses to stuff and then Already have that kind of pre-plan of what They're going to do with that that kind of chunk, right? And so do, and I'm sure that came from, and I'm assuming this, so I I mean, I guess I could ask him. I could email him and ask him, but I, I assumed that part of that was from Good Teaching, but part of it was probably him uh, finagling some type of mandate of something. He was like, well, I need mm-hmm. to hit this. I don't want to rob them of their independent reading time or choice, but we still need to kind of go through this, so how do I get through these novels that I love that want to do this, but I also want them to really, I need to hone in on some specific things, and maybe that was the solution he came from. When I was was a literacy coach when you and I worked at the same campus, the first campus, We, uh, I had a group of students who ranged massively. And that made some of my teaching really difficult because I had never had that big of range. And we did that kind of on purpose. Um, but when I had my guided reading groups that I pulled, I was doing that. I was reading ahead of, I had like five novels going, right? I would read ahead Mm -hmm. and I would pick specific things that we had to do in the curriculum that I found within those texts. And that's what I would hone the conversation in on around. And then you ended up helping with that because you ended up taking one of the groups. Right, I did take one of (laughs) them. And so, but we did that. And so that concept was my way of saying, because that was when guided reading was a huge push. And as a literacy coach, I wanted to honor that guided reading push. I wanted to kind of uh, be within that, but I was like I need it to work within my structure. And that was my solution. Was exactly what you said. So, um I think that's really what it comes down to. Um is everything going to fit within a threaded concept? Probably not, and especially not with good curriculum. Right. Or with bad right. curriculum. So you right. and and when I say bad, I mean disjointed and there those exist. We're in our district and our head coordinator. She's she's not even shy about talking about it. There's things that need to be fixed because there's things that just don't logically flow into one another. And that's a problem because you you it's just going from one thing to the next. You it's confusing to the kids, confusing to the teachers. It's confusing on a scope and sequence level. Um and we've – back in the day before we rewrote the curriculum in the district that you're still in, the, that was the major problem is it was originally written, if you recall, those curriculum documents were written uh, in a way that went from like personal narrative to expository to something else like really fast. Like they there was really no yeah. – like and the idea – If I recall, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, was that because the star test, you could flip the page and go from poem to story to expository, that that was kind of why the curriculum was written like that. Do you remember that? Does that rationality sound correct?
0: It does, but I don't know if it's...
1: Best. No, that's what I'm saying. So that – what we kind of moved away from that. And so it went more workshop-oriented. It went more broad. It doesn't mean it's perfect because I was on those teams and those teams, we definitely didn't end with perfect documents. But we tried to merge it as, as well as possible. The point I'm trying to make is if you have curriculum that's really disjointed and requirements and mandates that are disjointed – it's extremely difficult, but if there's the general idea is the same and the concept's the same and it's just happens to be segmented, I feel like that thread is easier than if everything's broken and you're just being asked to create, you know, magic in your classroom. And in that case, I just say, do, do what you got to do in your workshop, but I don't think you're quite in that situation.
0: No, I'm not really. Um, but I think though, Sometimes when it's presented, it kind of comes across that way, and so yeah. I've got two brand new teachers on my team uh, thanks to you leaving and the other one. Anyway, but I'm not <laughs> unhappy about that, not really. But anyway, I'm kidding. <laughs> but uh, but I do have two wonderful people on my team, but they're they're new to our district. So when you present it to them, they are it's it's not a suggestion to them. All they think about is, I don't want to get fired.
1: Yeah. There's no right? protection and either. So I mean, you're about as no protected protection. as they come, Ochoa. You're,
0: well, yeah, because you could retire kinda, if you wanted it, it, to. <laughs> <laughs> what are they going to do to you? It goes like that. They kind of pretty much told me that today. <laughs> well, you know, you can do whatever you want because uh, you know you can just say, "All right, you're going to fire me." Well, I'll just retire first. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm I'm kind of taking your approach. Uh, we really are having a teacher shortage, and I kind of don't think they're going to hurry up to get rid of me just yet. But I do think I need to get results. And I do know how to get results. And I'm just not going to get them as fast as I did last year, I don't think, because um, our students are, th- this little group is, they struggle. And, uh, but I've got a lot of great kids, you know, and you saw them. They were working hard. They really are working hard. So I, I don't, I just, I just need to do what's right for my children.
1: Well, and I think that's ultimately the thing is, I, and this is what this is what I tell the teachers I work with now, in all honesty, one thousand percent. This I said this today. I said, Whatever you're doing, we need to ensure that you are creating Systems to gather data that you're being successful, that kids are being successful within each and every single lesson. If you can do that, I can defend anything that's happening in a classroom. Um, I can also prove that you're doing what you're doing. And this, I mean, this goes back to why we did Craft and Draft in the first place. The whole reason those journals existed is because we wanted to create a system that showed the work of workshop in a way that wasn't imposing, but Uh, empowering and guiding in a certain way. That's the whole reason the journal system exists. Mm -hmm. And so I live and die by that philosophy, which is if you're sitting in your classroom as the teacher and you can't pause, like if I imagine if I had a pause button and I paused when at any point during the lesson and we got to, all the students were frozen and you got to walk around as the, the lone body in the classroom If you can't, by looking around, judge where kids are at in terms of their work because of what's happening in the classroom, then you don't have systems in place that are giving you enough information. And so I think that with that in mind, if whatever you're doing, if you can show those examples, if you can show that kids are learning, if you can show their work, and this can also be showing by, hey, if I'm walking up to a group Can I hear that they're using the right language? Are they having productive conversations around what we're doing? If they're doing cooperative learning, are the roles empowering? Uh, Is the lesson involved or are they just jotting down something that's, and so they can regurgitate it later? Is it, my wife used the example because we were talking about it. She was like, is the, is the assignment about she's she's a first grade teacher so she was like is it about practicing word work or are they cutting and pasting for 90% of the lesson right we talked about this the activity takes over the lesson rather than lesson mm-hmm. is that and so that's the question we have to ask and and as we're going through these moments and as we're working through our mandates and our guides that we have to do and everything else If you can prove that your kids are really learning and moving forward, anyone worth their salt in education, I don't think are really going to have a problem uh, regardless of what's going to happen because you, and and most importantly, you get to go to sleep happy because you know your kids are improving, right? That's the, that's what teachers care about the most. We love our jobs and we don't want to be in trouble and everything else. But if our kids are growing and moving forward, that's the Holy grail of being an educator. Now, if you're bucking the system, You're not tracking growth. You're not tracking data. If I hit a pause button in your classroom and I walk around and there's nothing on kids' desk and they're staring off into the distance, they're doing all of these things, then you are not serving your kids in the way that they need to because you're not getting enough information to do that. doesn't mean you don't want to. doesn't mean that you can't. It means that the systems that you have going on do that. And I think that's where some mandates come from too. Like if you think about – I mean I used to complain so bad that someone wanted me to write the standard of the day on the board. And then I complained even louder when they said I had to start doing uh, sheltered instruction stuff around it. And really like defining the words all over it. And then what happened? I ended up uh, subscribing. A yeah, in system. <laughs> yeah, in a journal where I do that. So... I am 100% aware that it's teach, teach what teachers are. We, we're, we're rebellious. We want to control things. But sometimes things are right. And so I think you owe it to your district people. I think you owe it to admin. I think you owe it to curriculum writers to do things but also be creative enough to be like, okay, this is a little disjointed. How do I make this work? All right. That's the end of my soapbox. I don't know. I don't know what fired me up on that, but I was I was I in it for it. a hot
0: second. Look at that.
1: <laughs> righty. I think I think that's a nice note to hit on. A nice soapbox, right? Ladies and gentlemen, this is crap, the draft. Oh, lordy. We are two teachers down here in the state of Texas doing what we love in education and around education in Texas writing and reading workshop. And I actually love, I've been jumping into some workshop stuff. So I've been reading kids' writings over here and and jumping into different levels of classes and seeing, you know, it's really fun to jump into a freshman class and then jump into an AP lit class and, you know, a a dual credit class so college level. It's really fascinating. It's like, man, I want to, you know, I get whiplash sometimes. So I'm still in it, ladies and gentlemen, have no fear. Chastain is still talking about English every single day. Now, it might be a little bit less sometimes when things go cray-cray at the school and I have to handle some things. But, you know, it is what it is. But thank you to everyone who supports the podcast. If you're a new listener here, subscribe so you don't miss any other episodes. Drop an episode every single Friday about a variety of topics. You want to write in a question, a comment, a concern, a musing, whatever else. You can DM us or you can subscribe. What you can fi- What? You can support us on Patreon so you can send us a direct message through there just like our patrons do over there. Go over there. We have bonus episodes, bonus trainings, bonus videos. We'll be dropping another episode, and we are due for another video soon, Ms. Ochoa. We are. We've got to make that happen uh, before months end, and I'm sure we will do so. So keep an out. Look out for that. Let us know if you want us to hit a topic or an idea, but know that we are here for you.